Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 44. Big Bronx shit. Big Bronx shit. You already know the vibes. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 44 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James, back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate the love and the support that I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there who are busting their ass. Shout out to the retail workers out there who are busting their ass. Um, And thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way we always 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 have to start the shows with thank yous the thank yous are very 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 important and we are gonna have a great 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 show today man i am such an i'm in such a great mood i'm in such a great mood i will tell you right now there is no guest on this episode it's just little old me doly for the whole hour and change i'm just letting you know that now you know what i'm saying i don't want to get you guys too spoiled with the guest appearances for this episode 44 it will just be me but i'm in a great great amazing mood man i'm so happy to come in and pod today got a lot a lot a lot of good shit to talk about today so i am ready let's go i am in a very 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 good mood Today's intro was an amazing song by a Bronx legend and an amazing artist. It is called No Stylist by French Montana featuring Drake. Shout out to French Montana, the Bronx legend. You already know the vibes. You already know the vibes. It had to be played today. It had to be. Um, I just literally like was just playing music, like just playing music. That's how I choose all my songs. I just play a bunch of songs that I have in my mind and whichever one of them hits me the most is the one that goes on the pot. So I'm just playing music on the computer and no, no stylus came up on the shuffle. I was like, Oh yes, this is the vibes. This is the vibe. So shout out to French Montana. Also, um, he had an album came out. It didn't give much fanfare, 
but um it came out uh it's called cb5 which stands for coke boys 5 um the fifth iteration of his coke boys mixtape that started in 2010 and he got some shit on here yo he got jim jones on it he got little dirk he got pop smoke rest in peace he got little jack harlow he got chinks rest in peace he got uh uh max b on it he got nba young boy he got benny the butcher he got asap rocky on here he got currency on here like he put out he put out a good project that i didn't see a lot of people talking about so shout out to my my bronx legend man french montana great song great album check it out if you haven't heard it and you already know the vibes we rep the bronx heavy 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 on this shit so anytime i can highlight a bronx legend you damn you better fucking believe that i will you better believe that i will so shout out to french montana now it's time for my favorite 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 segment of the podcast it is called bronx facts For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York, the borough that I love. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... The Lit Bar, a Bronx bookstore which opened its doors on April 27, 2019, is currently the only bookstore serving the 1.5 million people of the Bronx. The venue encourages curious readers and welcomes literary and community gatherings, while its wine bar connects the great pastimes of social sipping and introverted reading. The Lit Bar offers a carefully curated selection of general interest books, gift items, and programming, which emphasize local interest and diversity for all ages. For more information on the store, location, and the owner, Noel Santos, you can visit thelitbar.com. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 44. son where'd you find this all right so we're getting right to the shits today i will say we have a lot a lot a lot of things to talk about like because when i've been so caught up with the guests like there's been a whole bunch of news stories and newsworthy items that um i didn't get to cover um but before we get into the rapid fire shit and the q a and um, all the other topics i want to spend a little bit of time on this first topic for today So today's first topic, I want to talk about Tiana Taylor. And um, I want to talk about Tiana Taylor because, uh, what was it, last week or so, maybe last week or one and a half weeks ago, she made news because uh, an article came out along with a statement from her that she was saying that she was retiring from music. Um, And you're like, you know, if you guys are familiar with Tiana, you guys know that she is an amazing musician. You know it. Like if you heard Keep That Same Energy, even though she didn't love it, if you heard um, the album, like if you heard uh, songs like Gonna Love Me and, you know, sh- other other bombs that Tiana drops, you know that she is just an amazing, special musician. Like you just, you just know, right? So when the news came out that 
she was retiring, I was like, what? Like, what are you saying? Like, <laughs> especially after she just put out the album, her quote unquote official, official debut. Um, so before I get into my opinions and commentary on it, I just want to read you the article. This is from Billboard.com. Um, uh, just to establish the facts of the situation before I get into my opinions. Um, so this is from Billboard.com. The headline reads, Tiana Taylor confirms comments about her retirement from music. Quote, I don't want to do this anymore. And this was published on uh, December the 6th. Tiana Taylor is doubling down on her recent comments about retiring from music. On Friday, December the 4th, the nearly 30-year-old R&B singer slash songwriter wrote on Instagram that she feels, quote, super underappreciated, end quote, as an artist after receiving, quote, little to no real push from the machine. And she announced that she is, quote, retiring this chapter of my story. Her comments left many fans wondering if she's actually quitting music for good. The following day, Taylor took to Instagram Live to share a lengthy video further explaining her original post. In her updated remarks, the singer confirmed that she does indeed want to retire from music, primarily because of ongoing frustration with her record label Good Music slash Def Jam. She says, quote, the majority of what that post was was to warn my label, who I've been signed to for almost 10 years. Everything that you guys see of me, everything that I put out, everything that I do is 100% me, Taylor said in the clip. Quote, there is no gun to anyone's head to do anything that they don't want to do. So yes, I am going to feel underappreciated if I am putting in 110% and my label is giving me, they're reciprocating what, 10% of that? The singer added that Def Jam has given her literally no push over the years and that she has repeatedly asked the label to drop her from its roster. The crazy part about it is I asked Def Jam to drop me on almost 10 different occasions straight up to their face up in the building at the table like, yo, just drop me because at this point I can't let this kill me. Since her debut in 2014, Taylor has released three albums and one EP, the most recent being 2020's The Album. The set debuted at number one on Billboard's top R&B charts in early July. Following the 2021 Grammy nominations in late November, Taylor expressed frustration after the album was snubbed for Best R&B Album. But on Saturday, the singer assured fans that she does not want to quit as a result of being overlooked by the Recording Academy. She also addressed fans who suggested that she's a quitter and she should continue, release, continue to release music out of obligations to her fans. Quote, I can see how maybe my message can come across, but at the same time, it's a tiny bit selfish to say, what about your fans? Do it for your fans, Taylor said. Baby, I got to do it for my mental health. I got to do it for my emotional health. I have to do it for my kids so I can stay alive for my kids. Until I'm free, until I can get Def Jam to release me, yes, I want to retire. I don't want to do this anymore. So that is the quote. You know, that's her full, that's the full article. I just wanted to establish that for just a general information for people who aren't aware, people who don't know. And, um, you know, first I want to say Tiana Taylor is amazing. 
I want to say that off the rip. I'm a fan of Tiana Taylor. I actually, I'm kind of late to the party. My first time fully getting grasp of Tiana Taylor was KTSE, Keep That Same Energy. Um, that was released in 2018. And um, it was the seventh song album that was a part of the good music uh, uh, four albums in four weeks rollout where it was uh, in 2018. It was um, Pusha T, Daytona, then Kanye's Yay, then Kids See Ghost, and then Keep That Same Energy, right? That was their rollout plan. We're going to release four albums, four straight weeks in 2018. And, um, you know, I heard the album and I was like, wow, you know, she's pretty talented. She's very actually really talented. And then, you know, you hear other songs like Gonna Love Me. And you hear other songs like uh, she did a, a, a song with P. Diddy's son. I'm blanking on the name right now, but they, it was like a bad boy remix type song. Um, and the video was like uh, uh, a, a homage to the 90s bad boy style videos. And I'm like, yo, this girl is super talented, super talented. And then so, you know, after my initial discovery, you obviously when you become a fan of someone, you want to learn more. You want to get more involved in what they do and how they do it and everything like that. Of course, Tiana Taylor's been on the scene for a long time, but in terms of just musically, I was not really aware until 2018. But, um, you know, Tiana is one of these people who can literally, when she puts her mind to something, she can accomplish it. Tiana Taylor has been in television, has been in movies, has done things with fashion, has done things with directing, is an amazing singer, an amazing writer, an amazing dancer, an amazing <laughs> artist. Like she is so multi-talented that it makes me question people in positions of power, right? You can't look at someone objectively as talented as Tiana Taylor and say, we don't want to support you. There has to be something else that's going on, right? And again, I'm not connected. I'm not in those buildings. I don't know what's going on, right? I don't know what's going on. Um, but as far as it's like, as far as it goes in, on, on the music side, it's like you want to do everything that you can to make this person happy because you stand to gain from this. You stand to gain from all of her amazing capabilities, Tiana Taylor picks up the phone and calls anyone, they're going to partner with her because they recognize her amazing talents. So, you know, when someone comes out and says, I'm really frustrated with my record label, you hear that quite commonly. But when it's someone like Tiana who says it, who has been signed, I think Tiana was signed when she was like 16. Her first deal was when she was 16 years old. So she's been in this machine for a long time. And I can understand the frustrations that come along with it. You know, um, when KTSE Keep That Same Energy came out, it was revealed that she didn't hear her album until the day it was released. There was talk about how she was really unhappy with the production on it, that she had certain ideas and certain vision for what she wanted her project to be. And the label, and I have to say it, you know, I love Kanye and Kanye and good music put their input on it and change all of her creation. And to a creator, I can understand that frustration. This is this is the culmination of a person who is supremely talented but the 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 ins and outs of the industry sour them from it, right? If Tiana Taylor is independent, 
right? She's saying that she does everything herself. If Tiana Taylor was independent, she would be rolling in this money. She would be happy. She would make album after album after album. I don't doubt it. But the the machine, the infrastructure is such that it always stifles her creativity. And that's extremely frustrating because I put myself in that position. Imagine a, a, a big time streamer offers Denzel the bag to be an exclusive partner. Awesome. But then when I get there to the to the place, the house, they say, oh, yeah, by the way, you can't do Bronx Facts anymore. Oh, by the way, you can't play your favorite hip hop songs anymore. Oh, by the way, you can't um, uh, 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 do NFL predictions like you like to do anymore. Well, what the fuck is the point? Like, did you sign me because you want to experience my creative talent? Or did you sign me because you just don't want anyone else to have me? Or you just want to throw the bag at me and take all of my IP, my intellectual property, and say, all right, now we're going to put you on the shelf. You know what I'm saying? So I completely understand that just on the creative side. But moreover, there has to be an extreme level of criticism that goes toward. And again, I'm saying this. I love him. I love him. But extreme level of criticism that has to go towards Kanye West. The good music label in its inception was the thought that creators, along with Kanye, under his artistry and leadership, would be able to develop into these multi-talented and faceted stars like he is. You know, he got the music on lock. He had the fashion on lock. He had the tech on lock, right? He had those things and he wanted to bring other people into it. So the good music roster, um, let's say, let's just even ballpark it to like 2011. Let's just say 2011. The good music roster contained uh, Kanye, Pusha T, uh, Big Sean, Saha the Prince, Kid Cudi, Common, Tiana Taylor, Q-Tip, and Common, I think I said Common already, and one more person I can't remember, one more person I can't remember, um, along with staff writers and in-house producers like Mike Dean and shit like that, right? The goal was we're going to create this, uh, this production house that produces top-tier level music, fashion, artistry, etc. That was the goal. The acronym of good music is getting out our dreams, right? So in 2011, um, it was the BET Hip Hop Awards. I remember this shit like yesterday. In the BET Hip Hop Awards, you do ciphers. Ciphers are just a round table of freestyles, right? The good music crew did a cipher. It was Kanye, it was Pusha T, uh, Saha the Prince, uh, common and one other person again i keep forgetting the last person's name they did a cypher in all black suits and you were thinking like yo good music is about to take over the motherfucking world every artist that is on good music has been stifled creatively one way or the other right big sean stifled saha the prince Stifled. A lot of people don't even know who Saha the Prince is, and he's one of the nicest niggas out here. Saha the Prince is one of the nicest niggas out here. Why has he only put out one album? Pusha T is Pusha T. He's going to do his thing. Daytona, crazy. <laughs> my name is my name, crazy. You know what I'm saying? Pusha T is Pusha T. But for the artists who are, 
who aren't to that level yet. Remember, Pusha T has been hot since the clips, but the artists aren't that level yet who are looking to Kanye as someone to boost their careers up, propel them up and say, this guy is going to lead me to the promised land. He has done all of them a major disservice, even if they've had commercial success. Big Sean should be way larger than he is. Pause. Saha the Prince should have more than one album out. Oh, you know who it is? It, it wasn't in 2011, but the other good music signee I'm thinking of, Designer. Designer in 2015 had the song Panda. I get bras in Atlanta, twisting dope, lean and fanna, credit cards and the scammers, blah, 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 blah. Panda, 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 right? These niggas, good music, signs Designer, rips his song Panda to co-opt it on Kanye's album, The Life of Pablo. And then Timmy Turner comes out, and then that was it. Designer is MIA. And it's like, well, why are you signing these people, these young, talented artists, promising them something, selling them a dream just to put them on the shelf? I don't understand this. I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. I, I don't see where the the correlation is. Like, I don't understand what you gain from that. The you increase the value of the record label when you are continuously putting out amazing music. Now, COVID, I understand. You don't want to rush these niggas out because you can't make no money. But even before that, if we just take the sample size from 2011 to 2019, good music as a whole has done a disservice to every single artist on that label. Every single last artist on that label not named Kanye West. So... In my head, as a big, just a huge fan of music and a huge fan of these artists, when do you say to yourself, this label has to be, you know, really evaluated? It has to be evaluated because Big Sean, Sahada Prince, designer, Tiana Taylor can't all be saying the same things. I, then you have to look at leadership. You have to look at leadership. You have to look at who's who's manning the controls because these are all amazing artists and they should not be stifled this way. I think about clicks like TDE. I think about clicks like Dreamville, right? Why is it that when their artists drop, they are fully backed, supported, encouraged, placed in proper positions, given every chance to succeed, right? But when it comes to good music, who is backed by one of the biggest artists in the world, these artists are feel so stifled and so uh, um, deterred. I don't understand it. For someone like Tiana Taylor to come out and say, because the label has done me so wrong, I would rather quit is 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 beyond reprehensible, in my opinion, because Tiana Taylor has the ability to be a global icon in my opinion just based off the music if you took off her ability to direct if you took off her ability to make art if you took out her ability to be fashion fashion forward if you took out her ability to um direct she would still have the potential to be a global icon just based off the music and then you add all of that other shit in you're like yo this is a star right here this is a absolute star. Why is it that she is saying that she wants to stop? 
Why is she saying that her mental health is fucked up? It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. If you are a person out there who has not heard Tiana Taylor's album called The Album, listen to it. And then after that, think to yourself, why would someone who just dropped this amazing project want to stop making music? You have to. You, and then she's telling you, look, bro, I want to get the fuck out of here because y'all niggas don't love me and y'all don't support me. It's, 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 it's such a disservice. If Tiana Taylor never, never makes music again, if she never makes music again, we all suffer. And you have to ask yourself, what did the record label get out of that? Robbing us of more Tiana Taylor music? Come on now. Come on. Now, because Tiana Taylor is a fucking boss and multifaceted and super talented, it was just announced that she became the creative director of, 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 what's the fucking, um, God damn, what's the clothing line? Uh, Pretty Little Thing, Pretty Little Thing, which is a women's, um, clothing line, uh, sort of in the Fashion Nova vein, and Tiana Taylor is the creative director now. <laughs> Because she's just this alien type person who has so many different talents, so many different abilities. She was going on a string of directing videos for other artists under the moniker Spike T, which is hot, which is fire. And she could become the best at that. Like she's telling you, bro, listen, I can make music, but if y'all niggas keep playing with me, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make all this money without y'all. And the only people that suffer are people who love her. Only people who suffer is people who love her. So, you know, you have to look at the good music infrastructure as a whole, Def Jam as a whole. Because if you have more than five or six artists that you can think of who have not been properly supported in this time, you you really have to question it. You really have to question it. Why is it like... A pseudo independent group like Griselda, who I love and I talk about Griselda all the time. I know I do. So a pseudo independent group like Griselda because they had a label situation, but then they got out of it real quick. I went under the radar. They drop bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb because they have the creative freedom. They could do what they want to do. They have money. They back themselves. They understood that the label machine doesn't really do much for them in their best interests, right? Doesn't do much for them in their best interests. In COVID 2020, Griselda album artists have put out at least 10 projects. Conway put out three, Westside put out three, Benny put out two, Boldy James put out two, Armani Caesar put out one. You do the math. That's an independent group independent collection of artists tiana taylor since fucking 2011 has only put out three albums it's it's nonsensical Saha the prince only puts out one album designer only puts out one album big sean uh i'm thinking from 2011 maybe about five five albums right from 20 from 2011 to now five albums maybe it's like, why are these artists being stifled this way? It really makes you have to question it. And Kanye West is my guy, my guy guy. I love him. 
He's so so talented, so multifaceted. You would think he would understand Tiana the most. And I don't want to get super riled up about it, but you would just think like he would understand Tiana Taylor the most because he has dealt with being stifled and shit. Like he has understood the the reach that an artist can have and and putting their hands in all different types of shit. Fashion, artistry, music video direction, videography, you know, all the other shit that is aside from music. He would understand that the most. And yet and still Tiana Taylor is as frustrated as she is. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And and it's it's really it's really sad. It's really disheartening to see, to be honest. Um, I I hope to God that she can get get her freedom, and get 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 released off of Def Jam. She gave you a bomb of an album. She gave it to you. Let her go. That's all I can say on it, man. I just I just want her to go. I want her to go and be happy. And and again, she's gonna make bread. She's so talented. She's gonna make money. I'm not concerned about her pockets. I'm concerned with her happiness and hopefully they'll grant her wishes and let her go. Let her go somewhere. Who's actually going to give a fuck and support her. Like that's all I got on that. Like let her go to TDE. Let her go to Dreamville. Let her go to Interscope. Let her go to uh, aftermath with Dr. Dre or something. Let her go or let her become an independent. Let her just become an independent and let her do what the fuck she want to (sighs) do. I don't know, but shout out to Tiana Taylor. I love you. I think that you're an amazing artist. Your album was amazing. Your artistry is amazing. And I continue. I wish you continued success in the future. Congratulations on get, securing that pretty little thing, creative director um, title. Congratulations on all the music videos that you've done and all the shit that you will create in the future. I know it's going to be great, but a, the real question has to be, and I'll end it here. When do we hold these record labels accountable for how they do their artists? And that's it. That's that on that. That's all I got. Shout out to Tiana Taylor from this microphone. We love and support you and much success to you in the future. And moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, general inquiries, whatever you have for me. And you guys have not let me down. I truly, 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 truly appreciate all the love and the support that I receive from you guys, man. It's so great. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing to see that this amount of people give a fuck about what the fuck I got to say. And they want to know shit from me. So it's great. And I always want to try and do Q&A, man, just to answer you guys' questions, just to keep you guys involved and engaged in the show, man, because I really appreciate the guys who listen and and who give all your comments, concerns and feedback and all that good shit. So we're going to answer. We're going to try to do a few today. We're going to try to do a few today. Let's say we'll do. Let's see if I can get through it, Um, you know, because I talk a lot. Um, let's see if I could do four questions today. Let's see. You know, I'm, I'm going to say let's see because I know I get to go and 
I get to going and it's hard to shut me up. So we're going to try my best to run through four of these questions today. So the first one says, what is your early favorite for album of the year? Um, I'm already doubting if I'm going to be able to get through four just off that question. <laughs> um, I can't tell you my number one album of the year. I did make a list of my top albums of 2020 and 2020 has been seen as a year of a bunch of turmoil and strife. But there's been a lot of good music to come out, man. There's been a lot of good shit to come out. Um, but I, I can't give you my number one because I think it's going to change. I, I'm not sure it could. Um, but I can give you the my five top albums for the year um, in no order in particular. And then when the year is over, I'll give you my definitive top 10 list. Um, but my top five in no order as it stands right now today will be um, the album by Tiana Taylor. Um Modus Vivendi by 070 Shake, um, Pray for Paris by Westside Gun, Reasonable Drought by Stove God Cooks, and The Allegory by Royce the Five Nine. Those are the five, my five favorites of the year. I don't know how I'm going to order those, but those are my early favorites. One of those five is going to be my number one album of the year. If you haven't heard any of those, I suggest you listen to them. They're all great albums, hip hop, R&B. Uh, a little bit of electro vibes in there as well. And um, yeah, those are those are my five. I, I don't know where they'll end up in my list. I made a tentative list, but it, of course, subject to change. Um, but yeah, those are those are the five that I'm rocking with the most at this point. Um, the album by Tiana Taylor again, Pray for Paris, West Side Gun, Modus Vivendi, 070 Shake. Reasonable Drought Stove Got Cooks and The Allegory by Royce the Five Nine. One of those five is going to be my number one for the year. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, the next one says, <clears throat> oh, oh, this is a triggering one. What are some things that sound like compliments but are actually insults? Oh, my God. Don't get me started. When someone... I heard this so many times as a young a young man and a teenager and a young adult. You speak so well. When someone says that to me, that gets me so upset. That upsets me so much. That upsets me so much. You don't even know how upset that makes me. Don't fucking tell me that I speak well. Don't tell me that. Because I take it in. You didn't expect for the level of vocabulary or articulate nature in my speech you didn't expect that. You thought I was going to sound like some kind of uh, a less intelligent person. That really, really, really gets on my motherfucking nerves. That don't ever say to me, you speak so well. Because even if you didn't mean it that way, even if you just wanted to say, man, you know, you're very articulate or whatever. Say that. Don't tell me that I speak well. Oh, my God. That makes me so mad. That makes me so mad. And, you know, I understand people have said it to me and they, I know they probably weren't trying to offend me, but trust and believe I was offended. That upsets me so much. Don't ever fucking tell me that I speak well. Don't ever fucking tell me that shit. I hate that shit. Definitely. Definitely. That is something that really rubs me the wrong way. And if you're going to make if you're trying to make a first impression on me and you want to compliment me in some way, you better get in your creative bag. Do not tell me that I speak well. Do not tell me that shit. I know I fucking speak well. Shit. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's off on a tangent. Um, the next one says, 
what workers have the worst jobs? Oh my God. Let me tell you. I haven't worked every job in the in the country. I haven't been a coal miner. I haven't been a construction worker. I haven't been a a, a orderly at a you know a psych ward or I haven't been a, a surgeon or anything like that. The retail workers have the worst jobs. The retail workers have the worst jobs. The holiday season is here. Let me tell you something. As someone who has lived that life, okay, I know the pain, the frustration, and the suffering that the retail workers are going through right now. All year, pretty much. All year, pretty much. Think about if you work at Walmart or if you work at Target or if you work at, you know, BJ's or Costco or whatever. You're always under immense stress and pressure. Like, all the time. If you work at one of those big chains, it's the holiday season. Well, Black Friday, then the holiday season, then, you know, Easter, back to school, summer, all that shit you got to deal with. You got to deal with all these people who got attitudes, who want to be stink and nasty and think that you got to bend over backwards for them because you work at a retail store and they're they're spending their money there. Like, shout out again, shout out again to all of my retail workers out there. I feel for you. I love you. (laughs) I respect you. I respect your grind. I respect your composure. I respect everything about the retail workers because these people during the holiday season or just in general, the consumers in general, at least in my experience, always want to give you their ass to kiss. They always want to give you their ass to kiss. They think because they're spending $20 in Target that they could act any kind of way that they want. Shout out to my retail workers out there. I feel for you. I love you. I support you. I respect you because that grind is not easy. It is not an easy grind. Niggas think, oh, all you're doing is bagging groceries. If you work at Target if you're or you're bagging up products or if you're doing returns at the, at the customer service desk or you're just stocking the shelves, it's an easy job. It is not The retail grind is really a hard grind, man. Shout out to all of my retail workers out there. Again, I love and support and respect all you guys in the retail business, man. It is so difficult. It is so difficult. I told when I was speaking with Abby because we used to work together at Target. Shout out to Abby. She was on my podcast. um, Episode number 42. And we were like talking off mic about just like. Our like when we used to work at Target together and all the shit that would happen, all the shit that we had to do, like, man, shout out to the retail workers, man. They have the worst jobs, in my opinion, because it's just dealing with people is not easy. And people get so entitled when they spend money like at places and they want to give you the ass to kiss. So, man, shout out to all my retail workers out there. I love you and I respect you. And the last one says I got through four. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> what is the funniest joke that you know by heart? Okay, so a fun fact about Denzel is Denzel loves dad jokes, okay? I love the Laffy Taffy, corny, uh, lame jokes, knock-knock jokes or just stupid jokes. I That is one of my favorite things ever. I will sit all day and look at just horrible, corny, one-liner type jokes. I love dad jokes. I love dad jokes. I think I tweeted one time, dad jokes are my love language. 
I absolutely love dad jokes. Okay. So what I want to do real edit see if I can breeze by them is tell you some of my favorite dad jokes at the moment that I've seen like on Twitter or I've seen on Instagram, um, just hilarious one-liner type dad jokes. Um, and I'm gonna share that with you. So this is my, uh, my, uh, my stand-up, <laughs> my stand-up, uh, comedy, uh, uh, segment of the pod. I'm just going to tell you a few of my favorite dad jokes at the moment. And I'm going to laugh at these. These shits are funny to me. I know you guys are going to be like, these shits is trash. But this shit is hilarious to me, okay? So here we go. Here are some of my favorite dad jokes at the moment. The first one is kind of crude. I thought it was hilarious, though. (laughs) The joke is, how does a deaf gynecologist administer exams? Okay, That's that's the question. How does a deaf gynecologist administer exams you ready by reading lips (laughs) 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 ah that's great the next one is that i have (laughs) is why can't a nose be 12 inches long because then it would be a foot. <laughs> ah, and the last one, the last one. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop the torture with this one. This is the last one. I know you guys are cringing in, in the house right now. I know you guys are like, these shits are terrible. <laughs> this is the last one. This is the last one I got. What concert costs just 45 cents? What concert costs just 45 cents? 50 Cent featuring Nickelback. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love dad jokes so much, guys. I really do. I just... I really enjoy those just stupid one-liner type jokes. Um, so thank you to, for listening to that. Thank you for bearing with me on that one. <laughs> those are my shits, man. Those are my shits. I love those shits. I absolutely do. And thank you, thank you, thank you again to everyone out there who sends questions, who who uh, get asks for feedback or sends feedback and constructive criticism and all those good things, man. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. I appreciate the love and the support. And man, I look forward to answering more and more and more and more and more of you guys' questions, man. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of your love and all of your support. Next on the docket, um, we got a, a few rapid, I'm going to do a few rapid fire um, topics just that I seen and I didn't have a chance to speak about because I don't, I don't, and I don't really want to spend too long on each one. Um, I have maybe about four or five that I want to run through very quickly um, or maybe three of the five I'll run through quickly and then the last ones I'll spend a little time on or whatever, whatever the thing is. I have just a few rapid fire um, topics that I want to cover really quickly. So the first one is Lil Baby. Okay, listen. Lil Baby put Twitter in a frenzy um, because allegedly, allegedly, he paid a adult film star for relations. And then the adult film star posted it 
and you know everyone's like oh how could he like how could he do this and how could he uh uh violate his girl uh what, what was his, what's his girl's name um jada waiter i don't even know the fucking girl's name her his girlfriend blah 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 by paying an adult film star for relations right and i'm looking like i i just don't understand twitter like i i don't get twitter in that nigga it's his business like who like who cares like little baby is one of the hottest rappers out here one of the most talented rappers out here a man who is very affluent with money very affluent with money he has it okay if he wants to spend an alleged amount of money on relations with allegedly with an, an adult film star that's his business that's his business that's the adult film stars business and that's jada waiter's business that is not your business mind your fucking business that's that's like i just i've seen this shit on twitter everyone has their think pieces everyone has their exclusive commentary their their twitter threads of like paragraphs of shit about it fam who cares mind your fucking business and mind your tax bracket because i guarantee it if you niggas out there had was as affluent with money as little baby, you would be doing a whole bunch of fuck shit with your money too. And if he wanted to pay an adult film star for company, that's his business. Mind your fucking business and mind your tax bracket. Okay? Rich niggas do rich nigga shit. That, that that's it. Like when people were so up in arms about Will and Jada. And August Alcina, oh my God, how could they? That is what rich people do. That is what rich people do. I don't understand why everyone is so surprised about this shit in 2020 of all years. Rich people have relations with whoever they want. They pay for it. They don't pay for it. They can pay for it. It's their business and their money. You can't tell niggas. You can't be the governing body as a brokey on how niggas spend their money. That's another thing about Twitter, too. When Cardi B posted, I want to buy this purse for 88K. Oh, how could you say that? Oh, all these people out here, you could give them money. Cardi B made WAP. Cardi B made uh, 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 Invasion of Privacy, the album. I like it like that. Bodak Yellow. If Cardi B wants to spend $88,000 on anything, on a bag of air, that is her business. Mind your business. Mind the business that pays you. If Cardi B wants to spend $88,000 on a purse, if Cardi B wants to spend $8 on a purse, that is none of your business. None of your business. And I guarantee it, if the shoe was on the other foot and you Twitter niggas was out here and you had 88K just lying around to spend on some bullshit, you would spend it. You would spend it. So, Lil Baby, shout out to you. Your album was great. If you did that, that's your business. I don't give a fuck. Cardi B, you could buy all the $88,000 purses that you want. You made fucking Bodak Yellow, bro. And you're a Bronx legend. So, y'all niggas got to mind y'all business, bro. Mind your fucking business. Mind your business. Um, The next real quick one was um, the True Kitchen guy. There was a, I'm going to play the clip for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the article as well. There was a man in Texas, uh, Dallas, Texas, an owner of a restaurant named True Kitchen, who um, went viral because he had this rant about how he didn't want P 
people dancing or twerking in his restaurant because it is not becoming of uh, a black owned uh, 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 establishment. And I'm going to play the clip for you. The owner of this place's name is, um, let me get it here. I have it. Uh, Kevin Kelly. That's his name. That's the name of the owner of the True Kitchen restaurant in Texas. I'm going to play you this clip for you and then we'll go from there. Um, this is basically, he just had a rant about people in his restaurant dancing a certain kind of way and how unbecoming he thought it was. And this went crazy on the internet. I invested a lot of money into buying this building, into developing this concept so black people can have somewhere nice to go to, okay? Somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves as a... Come on! Stop the music, please! Somewhere where our people can feel good about ourselves as a culture, okay? No, no, real talk. And so all this twerking and shit, take it to Prime, take it to Pink, don't bring it here because we're a restaurant. And so beyond that, 75% of my customers are ladies. And I'm on men to show respect for themselves for how they carry themselves here. So how can I tell the men to respect themselves and you guys are twerking on glass here? If you want to do it, get the fuck out of my restaurant. Because I did it for our people and I did it for our culture. So don't do it. Now, don't do it again. I don't want to hear it. If you don't like it, get out because I don't need your money. I need to provide something for my people. And don't do it again. Thank you. First off, let me say, bald niggas always mad. <laughs> if you haven't seen this video, the guy Kevin Kelly, he's a bald man. Bald niggas always be mad. That's just a like, bald niggas be tight about some shit. Okay, you want to see the nigga who be mad about some shit? He be a bald nigga. Okay, bald niggas just be mad. Anyway, basically, it went crazy because he was saying, you know, black people. In this establishment, he does. He thinks that twerking and dancing provocatively is unbecoming. That's the gist, right? And you can dissect it any kind of way you want. Um, but basically, like, I mean, he, if he owns the shit, he could decide how, you know, he wants it run. But I will say it's kind of strange that, number one, it's still COVID. It's still COVID. COVID is still going crazy out here, okay? COVID is still going crazy in Texas. Florida and at and Georgia are the three states have basically said we're not going to close. So number 1, y'all niggas is a covid petri dish in the True Kitchen restaurant in Texas. Co like y'all niggas just giving everybody the covid. He's standing over niggas plates screaming and yelling, spitting his covid breath all over these niggas food talking about niggas don't twerk. And two, and last I should say I think the song I'm gonna read. I think I have it here. Hold on. What's the name of the song? Uh, they're in Dallas, Texas. Uh, what's the name of the song? Um, the the song's name is uh, "Throw That Ass in a Circle" by Dallas rapper Lil Ronnie. I would imagine that "Throw That Ass in a Circle" is a song that women want to throw their asses in a circle to. So you can't play that music and then expect motherfuckers not to want to do that there. I, I just don't get it. So one, you open during COVID. Two, you're spitting all over people's food, yelling and screaming about not dancing. And three, you playing twerk music and not expecting people to want to twerk after they've been drinking alcohol. I don't understand it. But whatever. It's his business. It's his shit. He has the jurisdiction to do or say whatever he wants. So that is that on that. That's all I got. But bald niggas just be mad all the time. Bald niggas just be tight. So that's what I that's what I see. When my first reaction to it 
was like, damn, look at this mad ass bald nigga. <laughs> but I'm and I saw something that after the rant, he got more business. So it was kind of like self-serving. He yelled at these niggas. He spit all over their food with his COVID ass breath. And he's still making more money than he did before. So shout out to him. Like he's getting to the bag. I ain't mad at nobody getting to the bag. Um, the next one is the AirPods Max. Listen, guys, if you guys go out there and spend $500 on overpriced Beats by Dre headphones, which Apple owns, y'all niggas is crazy. I seen these shits, AirPods Max, $500 headphones. And I'm like, y'all niggas is bugging. Apple at this point, I just think is saying, how far can we push it? Can we push shit? so far and get by on us being apple that is literally i think their business model because the macbooks are crazy expensive the iphones are crazy expensive the airpods pros are really expensive and now the airpods max is 500 dollars. who in their right mind if it's not a studio like a literal studio headphone set that use that is used in like a, a booth can justify paying $500 for a pair of fucking headphones. I, I, like Apple is just saying, look, this is how much it costs. And I guarantee y'all niggas is going to buy it. And niggas is going to buy it too. My suggestion, get a pair of Beats over the ear headphones. And if you're on the go, get a pair of Beats wireless headphones. It is great quality music, uh, music quality, audio quality, podcast quality on the go. Don't spend $500 on these AirPods Max. Please, please, guys. Don't spend $500 on the AirPods Max. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it, please. Please. Uh, what's next? What's next? Oh, let's talk about Pharrell, 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 Pharrell. Um, uh, this is an article from Forbes, Forbes.com. Um, the headline reads, Pharrell launches Black Ambition, an accelerator for black and latin ex entrepreneurs um this was released on december the 2nd uh for producer and rapper pharrell williams is coupling his entrepreneurial spirit and activism with the launch of black ambition an incubator for black and latin ex entrepreneurs launching startups in tech design healthcare and consumer products Williams is the frontman for the initiative that awards grand prizes ranging from $1 million to $250,000. The competition's announced Wednesday will run simultaneously, while the capital will go a long way to give Black and Latinx-founded businesses a leg up. It is the mentorship and training that Williams and partnering organizations are banking on to bridge the racial and equity gap. The initiative looks to HBCUs as fertile ground for tomorrow's leading com companies and innovative ideas, which Williams and other founders will hope attract venture capital. Quote, part of what Black Ambition is going to do is to say, here are folks that are investable and will be creating the next big companies of the future. Willa Seldon, a partner at Bridgespan, which is a philanthropic and nonprofit consulting firm that partners with Black Ambition said, quote, venture capitalists are becoming more diverse, but there's still not capital going to these new venture players. In 2019, Black and Latinx people spent a combined $3 trillion in the marketplace, Selden noted. That is a market worth investing in, she said, as these communities and entrepreneurs 
they create, as these communities and the entrepreneurs that they create will garner more attention from investors, black ambition founders are also looking for companies that tap into consumer sensibilities. Increasing that means companies do more than put on a face of social responsibility, but practice it. Round of applause for that brother, Pharrell Williams. Round of applause. That's real elite shit, man. That is black excellence, man. That And that's the type of shit I'm on. Like, I swear, like, I hope when the Bronx Bias podcast gets to the point where it's like super, super lucrative and I'm and in a financial state where I can, you know, be philanthropic and, and start shit for the community. Like, I'm on that. Like, I want to do some shit like that. I want to make some program that will have young creators or young black people, young Hispanic people, young minority people come in and have their creativity um, recognized and funded and supported and pushed and cultivated. Like that is so fire to me. That's so fire to me, man. Shout out to Pharrell Williams for that shit. That shit is dope, man. I love that. I absolutely love that. I love that. So people who are interested, if you're a young black and Latin uh, uh, creator, um, let me give you the, uh, the website here, how to get involved with it. Um, bear with me here. Where is it? Uh, I just seen it. Uh, the website is black dot com. That is the, their, their, their website. Um, so if you want to, if you're a black or a Latin creator out there and you want to get involved, you could visit their black dot com. Um, and all the details are there on how to get involved, on how to um, partner with them and how to submit your ideas for potential prize money. So shout out again to Pharrell Williams for that. Shout out again to Pharrell. And the last of our rapid fire topics is Ashanti versus Keisha motherfucking Cole versus. Oh, my God. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. I am super excited about it because I tr- truly, truly just love Keisha Cole. I am such a big fan of Keisha Cole. I love Keisha Cole. I love Keisha Cole, okay? I wanted to fight Booby after all that fuck shit he was doing to her. I wanted, to, I wanted him to send the Addy, okay? I wanted to... Learn him a new, learn him a good one off the way he was doing Keisha Cole. I just love Keisha Cole. I'm a big fan of her. I know more than likely Ashanti will win this battle just because her hits are like so out there, so far reaching. She has the Ja Rule hits. She has her solo album hits. She has the shit that she wrote for other motherfuckers. She has the vocals that she contributed to other people's shits. Like Ashanti is, is a queen is a queen okay don't get it fucked up you young niggas out here don't don't get it fucked up but a true people's champion okay a true people's champion that keisha cole is i want to see her win this shit so bad i love keisha cole so much and ashanti will probably win this battle she probably will um but when keisha cole's play these few songs here that i have written down it's game over for Ashanti when she plays these. When Keisha Cole plays, I just want it to be over, W. When she plays, I change my mind, 
W. When she plays I Should Have Cheated, W. When she plays Love, W. When she plays I Remember, W. When she plays Heaven Sent, W. When she plays Last Night, oh my God, W. Okay? I'm giving those seven to Keisha off the rip. So if they do 20 versus 20, Keisha already got seven in the tuck. I want Keisha Kill to win this battle so badly. She probably won't, given Ashanti's discography. But the true people's champion that Keisha Cole is, okay, I am team Keisha, all right? I want Keisha Cole to win this shit so bad. Because <laughs> I just, I love Keisha Cole so much, man. I really do. I'm such a huge fan of Keisha Cole. I want her to win this shit so bad. So I will be tuning into this. Um, The date. When you're hearing this, it'll probably be passed, um, but I'm super excited about it. I'll probably recap it for next week's show briefly. Um, but yeah, it, the date is scheduled for December the 12th. I record on Saturday, so today, um, December the 12th at 8 o'clock p.m. So get your popcorn ready. It's going it's to be, be a great event. And shout out to Keisha Cole. I am Team Keisha, okay? Team Keisha. Let's go, Keisha. Let's go. And very last, very, very last on the docket, let us get into our NFL predictions. Uh, man, I had a great week last week, man. I'm super excited about last week. Um, had an amazing week. Uh, I went 11 and 4 on picks. I think I got my swagger back. Okay, I think I got my swagger back. Okay, 11 and 4 on picks for last week, bringing my record up to 115, 76 and 1. Pretty darn good. And we're going to try to keep that momentum going for week uh, week 14's picks. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, I already got the Thursday night football game right with the LA Rams beating the New England Patriots. Um, but let us go with Sunday's slate of games here. First game. The uh, Houston Texans against the Chicago Bears. I will take the Houston Texans. I don't have any faith in the Chicago Bears. I really don't. Um, the Tennessee next game, Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will take the Titans coming off that horrible loss against Cleveland. They shouldn't have lost that game. They got actually pretty stomped. The score wasn't as indicative of how far away that game was. Um, so I'll take the Titans on that. Next game, Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. I will take the... Uh, I will take the Carolina Panthers to win this game. Christian McCaffrey or no Christian McCaffrey, I'll take the Carolina Panthers to win. Next game, Dallas Cowboys and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a dog game. A dog. A horrible game. I'll take the Dallas Cowboys and, and whatever. <laughs> you know, it's really a bad game. Next game, Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. Man, this is actually going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. Miami Dolphins are a really good team. Like, and low-key under the radar. Um, but, again, I I can't in good faith go against that brother Patrick Mahomes. I can't. So, I got the Kansas City Chiefs to win. Next game is the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants. The Giants are playing very well. They're playing really good football. Joe Judge is trying to win Coach of the Year. They're playing really, really good football as of late. But I got to take the Arizona Cardinals. I got to take the Cardinals. Even though the Giants, they're playing very good football. They got to they gotta look like they got something with Joe Judge. They, they're playing good, but I got to take the Cardinals. 
Next game, Minnesota Vikings and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll take the Buccaneers. They are hungry. They're looking to prove the doubt is wrong. Next game, Indianapolis Colts and the Las Vegas Raiders. I will take the Colts. Next game, New York Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. I will take the Seattle Seahawks. Next game, Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. I got the Packers. Shout out to my guy, A.A. Ron. Next game, Atlanta Falcons and the L.A. Chargers. After the Patriots put 45 on the Chargers, I expect them to beat Atlanta. Okay? I expect them to beat Atlanta handedly after the Patriots embarrass them like that. Okay? I got the Chargers to win. Next game, New Orleans Saints and the Philly Eagles. The Carson Wentz era at the moment seems like it has ended. Jalen Hurts will start at quarterback for the Eagles, and I really like Carson Wentz, but it had to happen, I guess. It had to. It had to happen. So much success to Jalen Hurts and much success to Carson Wentz. If, if he has to skip town and he had to go to another team, I hope that he goes to a good team and he can actually showcase his talent because I really believe that Carson Wentz is talented. And he's just been given the short end of the stick. And the people aren't recognizing that. Like Carson Wentz, if he's not hurt, a lot of his team is hurt. His offensive line is destroyed. His defense is average. He hasn't had a full complement of his wide receivers all season. And people expect him to be what? Like, what do you expect him to be? Like, with nothing. I I don't understand. And I don't understand what Jalen Hurts is going to do. I don't understand that either. So the Philadelphia Eagles have, in my opinion, not ever set Carson Wentz up to succeed. Okay, they win the Super Bowl in 2017. He gets hurt. They win it with Nick Foles. So they trade Nick Foles away to give Carson Wentz the bag. And then they don't really give him great wide receivers. They go out. Every every player on this team gets hurt. And then in the draft, they draft another quarterback. So it's like, what what are you saying to him? How do you expect him to play? When you guys don't give him anything. I I don't know. I'm a fan of Carson Wentz. He had to get benched. He was playing like shit. But I just don't think the Eagles really did justice to him. Um, With all that being said, I got the Saints to win. Next game, Washington football team and the San Francisco 49ers. I will take the San Francisco 49ers. Um, The Sunday night football game is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. (sighs) Pittsburgh took their first L it had to happen I'm glad that it happened honestly just so you know they could understand like you know if you don't play up to snuff these NFL teams will beat you I'm glad that they took their L then and you know I'm saying they could refocus and recenter and get better because I would much rather them take an L in the regular season or take two or three L's in the regular season and be healthy for the playoffs and be acclimated for the playoffs they lost another fucking player they lost Bud Dupree. They lost uh, Devin Bush. And then they just lost Robert Spillane, another linebacker. Joe Hayden, a cornerback, has a concussion. We're getting banged up. We're getting banged up. I'm a little concerned. But I think that this loss will motivate them to improve. They're playing against Buffalo on Sunday night. That's a good team. I think this win will do a lot for the Pittsburgh Steelers' confidence. Re focusing them and letting these niggas know that yeah we lost but we ain't for play play okay i got the pittsburgh Steelers to win and the next game is and the monday night football game i should say uh is the uh uh, baltimore ravens and the cleveland browns now i think this game is going to be very good both teams are playing with a lot to prove 
A lot of people don't believe in Cleveland. They're nine and three record wise, but a lot of people are saying, yeah, but when they play good teams, they play like shit. And Baltimore already blew them out um, earlier in the season. And Baltimore is also playing with a lot to prove because Lamar Jackson, he played well um, in their last game. Um, but, you know, we don't know. They're having an up and down season. Des Bryant with the COVID thing that happened. He was on the field warming up. They came out and said, yo, you got COVID. You got to leave. He left. He was tight about it on Twitter. Then he kept tweeting and saying, yo, I tested negative for COVID now. So what the fuck? Like, it was a whole debacle with the COVID situation. Um, so, you know, both teams are, have a lot to, to prove. They have a lot to play for. This is a big game. Um, I will, I'm going to take I'm going to go out on the limb here. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns to win this game. If they run the football like they've been running it, control the clock like they've been controlling it, giving Baker Mayfield play action like they've been doing, I think that they'll win. And to get a head start on next week, uh, the Thursday night football game, and there are two Saturday night games, the L.A. Raiders against the Las Vegas Chargers. I got the Raiders. The Buffalo Bills on Saturday, next Saturday, um, against the Denver Broncos. I got the Buffalo Bills. And the Carolina Panthers against the Green Bay Packers. I have the Packers. And I must say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it again. If you are a betting person out there who likes to put some money down on football games, please keep in mind that if you lose money based off what I say about football, that I will not help you recoup. I will not help you get your money back. I will not give you any money out of my pocket. If you want to bet football games based off what the fuck I'm saying on football, I take that as a calculated risk by you. And if you lose money because Denzel has proven to be wrong a lot, I'm right a lot, but I'm also wrong a lot. I will not help you get that money back. So be smart and be prudent with your bets. Okay. Okay. Please, because you better believe that I will not help you recoup if you lose money. And before I wrap up here, I just want to extend a rest in peace um, to Tommy Lister, who's better known as Debo from the movie Friday. He passed away on, uh, I want to say, Thursday. Um, His cause of death is unknown at the moment. He was found dead in his apartment. Rest in peace to, to him, to Tommy Lister. Rest in peace to Natalie DeSell Reed, best known for her role in BAPS alongside Halle Berry. Rest in peace to Brandon Bernard, a prisoner who was executed via the death penalty. Um, man, and you know, 2020 is difficult, man. It's just a difficult year. We lose a lot of people. We have lost so much. Um, and there's only two weeks and some change left. Let's just make it the fuck through, man. We have lost so much. We have lost so many great people. Um, and this year has tested us. Our tested our mental fortitude, our emotional fortitude, our physical strength in all ways. And um, you know, rest in peace and prayers and love and condolences to to Tommy Lister, to Natalie DeSell Reed, and to uh, uh Brandon Bernard, who we all lost, who we lost, um, these last these last week last week and a half prayers love and condolences to them and to their family and to their loved ones and let us please 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 just make it through the end of 2020 there are only two weeks left let us please just make it through without losing any more people with remaining safe because COVID is still real um and um 
you know, let's just make it through and start 2021 with a fresh start on a new page with a new attitude um, and and leave this year in the past where it belongs. And that's what I got on that. So rest in peace to those three prayers, love and condolences to their family, to their friends, to their loved ones. And let us please just make it that to the end of 2020 without any more catastrophic events, without losing any more people. And so we can start a fresh with a new fresh page on January 1st, 2021. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 44 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. Thank you again to everyone who likes, subscribes, shares, and supports. Thank you to everyone who tunes in. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. Special shout out to all of my retail workers out there. You guys are doing great work. Your jobs are much harder than they appear to the outside world. And um, thank you to all the people out here who are continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Um, Rest in peace again to Natalie DeSell Reed, to Tommy Lister, and to Brandon Bernard. We lost them, gone but not forgotten. Let us please just make it the fuck through 2020 without losing any more people. Please, 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 let's just do that. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great song from my girl, Keisha motherfucking Cole, the people's champion, okay? The people's champion. Fade you out with a great song by Keisha Cole. It is called I Changed My Mind off of the album. Uh, What is the album called? It Is What It Is? What is the name of the album? Hold on. Bear with me here. (laughs) Bear with me. What is the name of Keisha Cole's album that I Changed My Mind is on? The way it is. I had that wrong. I said it is what it is. <laughs> but I, yeah, this name of the song is I Changed My Mind by Keisha Cole off of the album The Way It Is. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 44. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there. Protect your family, loved ones, and friends. COVID is real. Be safe. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 44. We are out. Kanye West on the track, by the way. Okay. There's this girl I know. A girl like her, he's so, so wrapped up Cause the average girl give him anything that he wants He's so caught he's so caught he up